Under the Covers Podcast presents The Great 28 Covers From the father of rock and roll Chuck Berry All the hits you don't want to miss With this podcast You'll rock till you drop all the classic Chuck Berry songs covered by your favorite artists. So hail, hail rock and roll. Whether you're sweet little 16 or almost grown. You know, I started back doing the things you used to do. You'll be reeling and rocking till you're too pooped to pop. So roll over, Beethoven, and let it rock. Now, on Under the Covers. He's the first songwriter-singer that I know of. There were others, but uh, not with that much rhythm and that much uh, uh, the way the lyrics rolled off the tongue, the way they uh, stabbed, the way they they cut, and the way they they sort of seemed to lay there with the drums, all the lyric. I saw her on a corner, she turned and doubled back, started walking to a coffee-colored Cadillac. You know, <laughs> it's like, I've never seen a coffee-colored Cadillac, but I know exactly what one looks like. And you wanted to take a guitar ride, you would end up playing like Chuck, or what you learned from Chuck. Beautiful hybrid. There's a whole mixture of things. I, I hear Latin, country, jazz. The whole thing makes a beautiful hybrid. Chuck Berry has written so many great songs. He had 40 number one records, and he wrote every one of them. You know, that's tough. Ain't nobody topped that yet. He ain't gonna be Chuck Berry. He's rock and roll, and his head to his toes. He's king of rock and roll. Chuck Berry threw some country in there. He really did. I found him to know some of the real old standard country songs uh, and love some songs well. Chuck Berry should have been the first black hill in his second. And I, I know he should have been. It's, it's just melodies. It's melodies. He, he doesn't play blues melodies. And his lyrics, you see, Hill Billy has some fantastic lyrics. He had a couple of lyrics to roll over Bill Tobias. And I'll just, you know, I went, Chuck Berry, my hero, he just came out, you know. I don't think there's any group in the world, uh, white or black, but mainly the white kids were really turned on by Chuck Berry, you know, and uh, not one of us from Beatles to Stones. You name any top group, they've all been influenced by him. His lyrics were very intelligent lyrics in, in, in the 50s when people were just singing virtually about nothing. He was writing social comment songs. He was writing all kinds of songs with incredible meter to the lyrics, which influenced Dylan and me and many other people. The meter of his lyrics was tremendous. He's the greatest rock and roll poet, and I really admire him. Maybelline sounds almost like a country and western song, like a rockabilly song. Yes, it's been terminated as such. You know, it all overlaps. It can overlap, you know. So a style, it overlaps so far, because my style has to be of many other styles. Because where did I get, you know, you know, the small feeling that I put in a note or a group of notes is the only thing that's added that isn't 
of the many styles that uh, that influenced me. Did you, you know, like country and western music? I grew up on it. And that's all we heard uh, for a period because the station in, at my hometown, uh, the uh, most popular station played it. You know, Lovin' Brothers, Hank Williams, Kitty Wells. Do you think that went into your own music? Oh, of course it did, yeah. So did the uh, fire wagon that came down the street one afternoon. <laughs> Great influence on me. <laughs> we got a song right now, friends, that we would like to do for you. We ain't been doing it, but, 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 one, 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 yeah. We ain't done it but once on Louisiana Hayride. We want to learn it a couple of days ago. So we'd like to do it for you right now. We hope you like the way we do it. It's a song about, uh, it's a song about a... It's a song that goes something like this. Get with it. Maybelline, why can't you be true? Oh, Maybelline, why can't you be true? You know, I started back doing the things you used to do. There was a motivating over the hill. I saw Maybelline in a coupe de ville. A Cadillac rolling on an open road. Nothing I run my V8 boat. Cadillac doing about 95. And it was bumper to bumper rolling side to side. Maybelline, why can't you be true? Oh, Maybelline, why can't you be true? You know, I started back doing the things you used to do. The Cadillac moved to 104. My fold got hot and wouldn't do no more. It done got cloud and started to rain. I tooted my horn for the passing lane. The rain water blowing all under my hood. I knew that it's doing my motor good. Maybelline, why can't you be true? Oh, Maybelline, why can't you be true? You know, I started back doing the things you used to do. Hit it! Can't you be true? Oh, Maybelline, why can't you be true? You know, I started back doing the things you used to do. The motor cooled down, the heat went down, and that's when I heard that highway sound. Cadillac settled like a ton of lead, 110 a half a mile ahead. Cadillac looked like it sat still, and I caught Maybelline at the top of the hill. Maybelline, why can't you be true? Oh, Maybelline, why can't you be true? You know, I started back doing the things you used to do. You know, I started back doing the things you used to do. When you write a song, think about what the market is uh, trying to make a hit. That's yes, that comes in it. Yeah, I have to. I have to think commercially because uh, if not, uh, it's not fair to the record company. It's not fair to my livelihood. And uh, so I think commercially, I think about what the public would want, you know. Yet and still, if it's not within the feeling that I have to deliver, it does, it, it'll never be heard. When you first went to uh, Leonard Chess, uh, you went with a, with a couple of records that you had made, a couple of uh, yeah, tape recordings, I guess. Tape, yeah, and uh, I carried, uh, he told me to bring four numbers. As a matter of fact, I brought six. And Maybelline was one, and, and uh, We We Ours was another. And I think Too Much Monkey Business, which came out later. But he took those two off there, and, uh, and then we did two more that were made up in the studio just then, because I was so excited. I had nothing to do then but write. 
But you didn't think at that time that Maybelline was the was the best of that lot, did you? I was making $94 a week at uh, assembly plant. I had no idea. When I met my first job, I came to New York here and uh, was with an agency, and they said, well, this song will probably last you two years. You could run two, two years and working 40 months out of the year at $50 a night. And the Lord had answered my blessings, you know, because from $94 a week to $50 a night is a pretty good jump. Where'd you get the name Maybelline? Uh, there was a cow in a poem in a third grade named Maybelline. I was trying to think of a novel name. It's Maybelline the Cow. Yeah, that was in our school. <laughs> we had a cow named Maybelline. Gingerbread boy, you know, and all that stuff. Yeah, gingerbread boy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay.
now John has his work cut out on the next one as he takes the guitar on and off his neck and pulls the harmonica in and out of his harp. face. It's a harp. What a harp? Uh, the harp. I'm playing a harp in this one. Playing a harp? Harmonica I play in Love Me Do. Harp in this one. Little. But it There's goes in and out. Do harp. you want to do these announcements? Well, oh, go ahead. You go ahead. Where's no, he? that's all right. Where's tell him what, what the next song. Uh, oh, uh, we'd like to carry on with Chuck Berry's I've Got to Find My Baby. Don't know where she's been. Pardon? Hello? Love these goon shows. <laughs> My personal tastes are very strange, you know. <laughs> you know, I mean, I like rock and roll, man. I I don't like much else. That's the music I was that inspired me to play music. You know, there's nothing conceptually better than rock and roll. No, no group, uh, be it Beatles, Dylan, or Stones, has ever improved on whole lot of shaking for my money. Or and maybe I'm like our parents, you know, that's my period. I dig it, you know, and I'll, I'll never leave it, you know. Just let me hear some of that rock and roll music. Any old way you choose it. It's got a backbeat, you can't lose it. Any old time you use it. Gotta be rock roll music. If you wanna dance with me. If you wanna dance with me. I got no kick against my jazz. Right. 
shots, they had a jubilee. Them Georgia folks, they had a jamboree. They're drinking homebrew from a wooden cup. The folks are dancing, they got all shook up. I started playing that rock and roll music. Any old time you use it, it's got a black beat, you can't lose it. Any old time you use it, gotta be rock and roll music. If you wanna dance with me. To hear them play a tango And in the mood they take a mambo It's way too early for the Congo So keep a rockin' that piano That's why I go for that rock and roll music Any old time you use it It's got a black beat, you can't lose it Any old time you use it Chuck Berry, where's the in crowd hitting these days? Why, it's the in place, of course, the YMCA. That's where the whole gang goes for fun, sports, and all sorts of great activities. Do you like to swim? The Y pool's just right for keeping in shape. Join the fun. Join the YMCA. Another thing, 
Are there any groups? They say a lot of groups that they play the real rhythm and blues in England, and you don't. Who's right? Um, well, quite honestly, the groups that say they play rhythm and blues in England were just weren't groups I'd never thought of playing until we played, and only nearly all rhythm and blues groups in England copied us. They all copied you? Yes. Including, for example, animals? And no, I don't, the animals don't say they play real rhythm and blues. No? No. because we're very much the same age, sure, you know. I'm not going to tell how old that is, but pretty much the same age. <laughs> the same teenagers that I began singing to in the 50s have teenagers now in the 70s that are dancing and enjoying the same music, which does not age and, uh, yes, that's intriguing. This is a Chuck Berry number. It's called I'm Almost Gone. Go on. Go on. Well, I had to take my helmet off on this one because I shake my head like a Rolling Stones. Yeah, I'm almost grown. Yeah, I'm doing all right in school. I don't browse around too much. <laughs> 
Thank you. Much, uh, much uh, appreciated, folks. Good evening and welcome. And now it is time for bird marizing, yard marizing. In fact, most blues wedding yard birds. Here they are, one by one. The drums, Jim McCarty. The rhythm guitar, Chris Dreyer. The bass, Paul Samuel Smith. Lead guitar, Eric Slohan Clapton. The singer and harp, Keith Rowe.
I did not reach the white margin. The music was aired into the uh, white community. Yeah, I had nothing to do with that. You know? So uh, when you begin to get the um, different cults of jockeys, including the different ca Caucasian cults, the music began to filter. A 50,000-watt station would filter far beyond the uh, community line. So therefore, if it was a good one, uh, it was good, you know, or the, how far it went across the line. When the white community uh, heard it, evidently they liked it. Now, if it had been 20 years before, by not hearing it, they would never known it, you know. What type of music were you playing then? When you first started playing in St. Louis? What is now known as rock and roll. Did it differ in any way from the music that uh, you became famous with? Uh, it differed only in the time that I played it, you know, then and now. One of the characteristics of your most famous songs, or not all of them, but a lot of them, is that they're about teenage American life in the 50s. Were you singing about that kind of thing before you went to Chicago? Well, as much as my repertoire holds to that uh, avenue now, Yes, because, like, for instance, uh, Memphis, uh, Tennessee is not about uh, school. Uh, Johnny B. Good is not about school. Uh, Rollover Beethoven is not about school. 90% of the songs are about uh, women in the sense of any love song. I would dare to say that 90% of my songs are about women.
Memphis, information. Give me Memphis, Tennessee. Help me find a party and try to get in touch with me. She could not leave a number, but I know a place to call. Cause my uncle took the message and he wrote it on the wall. Help me information, get in touch with my Marie. She's the only one who'd call me if I'm Memphis, Tennessee. Her home is on the south side, high up on the ridge. Just a half a mile from the Mississippi Bridge.
amazed at the public's high regard for the car of cars, even after it has seen two or three years of service. That in itself is a wonderful reason for buying a quality value late model used Cadillac. But in addition, there is its great practicality. Many one owner low mileage used Cadillacs are priced considerably less than many medium and low priced new cars that are not their equal in prestige, Fleetwood luxury, and safety features. Every window of every Cadillac is safety plate glass. So if you want a car that is economical to drive and to operate, and a pride and pleasure to own, make it a point to spend 30 minutes at the wheel of a used Cadillac soon. This is a 73. When I went to sell it, they only wanted to give me $3,000 for it. And it was worth 10, so why sell it? This is the 77 I bought in California, had it all goofed up. $4,000? No, I kept it. The other ones are 77, 73, 75, 77. None of them wanted to give me what I wanted for it. So they sat here. I'll let them sit 20 years. Then I'll sell them to you for $50,000. As I was motivating back towards town, I seen a Cadillac sign. It said, no money down. So I eased on my brake, and I pulled up there in the drive. I gunned up a motor, and then I walked on inside. The dealer came down. He said, man, trade that Ford. I can put you in a car that will eat up the road. Now you just tell me what you want and then sign this line. I'll have it brought right to your house in about an hour's time. I'm gonna get me a car and I'm gonna head on down the road. Ain't gonna have to worry no more about that broke down raggedy fool. Mister, I want a yellow convertible, a four-door DeVille. Man, I want a continental spare as a wire chrome wheel and power steering and uh, a power brakes and a powerful motor with a jet-off tape, some nice cool air conditioning 
some nice warm heat And a big old feather bed and a pillow In the back seat I want to ship the show radio A color TV and a phone So I can talk to my honey While I'm riding alone I want to get me a car, yeah And head on down the road I don't want to have to worry no more About that broke down raggedy phone And also, I want four carburetors And I want two straight exhausts I want a nuclear reactor And I don't care what it costs. I want a railroad air horn. I want a psychedelic strobe spot. And I want a 15-year guarantee on everything that I've got. I want a $2 deductible. And I want a $20 note. I want $150,000 liability. And that's all she wrote. Chuck Berry has written so many great songs that I would say Sweet Little Sixteen, Brown Eyed Handsome Man. I just, I, he had 40 number one records and he wrote every one of them. Uh, that's tough. Ain't nobody topped that yet. He wrote his own songs. We'd be riding along on a plane, you know, and Chuck would be sitting by me and he'd be writing. He had this thing in his ear, a little tape recorder in it. I said, what are you doing? He said, I'm writing a song. I said, what are you writing? He said, I think I'll sweet little 16. <laughs> Johnny be good. And uh, he brought the record in and played it for me. And he said, I said, I don't like it. What's on the other side? I said, thank God Johnny be good. You won't like that. And he played it for me. I said, now there's your record. And he got mad and wanted to fight about it. <laughs> but... He ain't gonna be Chuck Berry. He's rock and roll from his head to his toes. He's the king of rock and roll. My mama ain't said that.
Somebody said you once kicked the Rolling Stones off the stage. Yeah, you Is know. Is that true? Yeah, I, I didn't know it was the Rolling Stones. Two oh. guys. Oh. 
two oh. guys came into Palladium yeah. and started, one started playing piano, one started playing guitar, and it got so good, they started playing so loud, louder than me, you yeah. know. And everybody was clapping and everything, you know. So I said, cool down now, this is the soft part of the song, you know. And he didn't cool down, I said, down, you know. Turn your box off, man. You know? They were riding right over Yeah, there. yeah, so I said to him, off. And my secretary told me, you know who that was who put off stage? Yeah. Rolling Stones. Hey, Keith, come on back, baby. <laughs> I didn't know. Yeah, that's I apologize to you.
the Beatles and the Rolling Stones um, are stepchildren of yours in a way. Um, they will give Chuck Berry right. a lot of credit. Are you right. kind of proud of those kids? I am. I am very much. And, uh, of course, I don't quite understand, if I may go on further, some yeah. of the new coins that have been like, uh, uh, well, Acid Rock came in there uh, not too long ago, but this new thing, uh, I think they call punk rock. Yeah. And, uh, I haven't even got in far enough to, you know, I think these names are the character of uh, the deliverance. Because music is music, you know, you can't change uh, rock and say this is punk rock or this is acid rock or this is hard rock or, or rockabilly. Music's music and uh, I think the people are the deliver, the actors who, uh, the musicians, and when, when they put the music out, they want to insert their character in it. So they call it such and such, so that you put the adjectives in it, so that you'll know what they uh, or how they live, so to speak. But rock is rock, and rock and roll is rock is just short for rock and roll. I've been asked this, and I think uh, this is my opinion of it. You know. Yeah. So when we say when we put all the adjectives in front of it, if they're playing basic music, it's just rock.
appreciated as more than just fluff. We tested the academic credentials of one of Chuck Berry's greatest songs, Promised Land, with Dr. John Barrell of King's College, Cambridge. The Promised Land is about the journey of a poor black boy from coast to coast, from Virginia to California. It seems to say nothing except how the poor boy gets from one place to another and how long the journey takes him. At first sight, it might seem to belong in a hippie or a beatnik tradition of protest writing. Jack Kerouac's On the Road is the most famous example, writing about the experience of travel, of perpetual motion towards no special destination except experience, a movement away from social restraints of one sort or another, and so towards freedom. And if no new frontier seems any better than where you've come from, at least there's the freedom of simply moving, of being on the road. But the promised land doesn't really belong in a tradition of protest writing or protest songs. The poor boy's journey is anything but a protest against the restraints of a materialist society. It's an affirmation of materialism, of the American dream of moving from log cabin to White House or penthouse. The promised land doesn't promise the freedoms of dope, jazz, poetry readings at Berkeley or crash pads in Haight-Ashbury. Just the good life, silk suits and thick steaks. We can see this by the way the poor boy travels. First in a clapped-out Greyhound bus, then in an express train. Finally, he's on a jet, eating that steak a la carte or a la carte, just to show he's still a country boy, still Johnny B. Good, his name not quite yet in lights. 
When he rings home, though, to say he's arrived in the promised land, we know he's really arrived. He won't be taking Greyhound buses anymore. The same difference between this song and the best of hippie writing about traveling can be seen in the actual words of the song, too. In the first verse, the poor boy's actions and experience are active, almost violent. He straddles the Greyhound, rides him into Raleigh. There's motor trouble, a struggle, a breakdown. By the second verse, everything's much easier. The poor boy's dazed by the speed of movement. He finds some people in Houston to buy him a suit, to put luggage in his hand. He finally wakes up in a jet. He hardly knows what's happened to him, only that he's getting somewhere. In the protest stuff, the journey may not be towards a better life, but it is towards experience. Kerouac learns things on the road that he couldn't have learned in any other way. But the poor boy learns nothing at all. He just gets from place to place, less and less conscious of what's happening to him. That contrast between the struggles of the first verse and the ease of the second points to what may be another theme in the song. It may also be the story of how a poor country boy becomes a rich and successful musician. At the start, he has to work at it, to struggle, to make efforts to achieve his ambition. Then at some point along the line, the efforts get made for him. He doesn't try anymore. Instead, he's managed. Clothes and airline tickets just appear as he needs them. The easy life may be too easy, the song might say, but still, it beats work. This way of reading the song stresses the traditional symbolism in the geography of America. You're always getting somewhere as long as you're moving west. The east is only a place to stop. The west is the promise of a new life. And as the poor boy gets nearer and nearer to the golden state, he gets higher and higher on the ladder of success. Thomas Land was uh, inspired through the travels of, uh, I don't know what you call them, but the young people who are free and traveling to and from across the country. You know, with the sack on the back and uh, like, let me live. I'm trying to find myself and what have you, you know. Sometimes we uh, refer to them as hippies or heads in the States. Whatever cause, they're on the road seeing the world before they settle down to whatever they may be. It may be in between college semesters, you know. But this sort of uh, clientele was what I was uh, driving at in Promised Land. So it's a song of travel and uh, a couple experiences on the way. Bought me a silk suit and put luggage in my hand. And 
a jet to the promised land. St. Louis, right here. St. Louis, right. Yeah. When did you start appearing or performing professionally? Music. Yeah. Oh, that was uh, <laughs> uh, in '55 professionally. In about '51, I suppose, I first picked up the guitar. The uh, body of the hits I had in '58 and '7, you know, the school days, the Rollover Beethovens, Johnny B. Goods, and things, they really began to have the impact in about '60, around '59, '60. Who influenced your particular style of music? Uh, Nat Cole is one of my favorites, and Glenn Miller, believe it or not, is before everybody's time, but not before mine, you know, <laughs> Glenn Miller. Because these swing bands of the uh, late 40s was when I was uh, in school myself. And, uh, you know, I really, like, boogied, you know. We jitterbugging then, but still boogieing, you know. What do you think contributed to your success and originality as a super rock star? I suppose to be all these... Um, uh, entities put together. Uh, for instance, uh, my duck uh, walk, as it's been named, uh, the lyrics, uh, not leaving out my management of myself, which is another phase, the ability to cope with the fast life that show business brings. In other words, not getting into narcotics or, or, or drinking or what have you. And uh, a few other little minor vices that could have grown to be big ones, you know? <laughs> What did you think about the taste of Dr. Pepper? It was dynamite, man. Would you please give me that Dr. Pepper now?
The man you're about to meet is probably one of the most important names in rock and roll. The simplicity of his music is without a doubt the definitive sound of the 50s, and there probably isn't a musician in the whole wide world that hasn't consciously or unconsciously been influenced by his music. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Chuck Berry. Oh, Mr. Berry, it is good to see you again. In years gone by, the Beatles, the Rolling Stones, the Beach Boys have all borrowed and done Chuck Berry material. To make you happy or sad? Makes you very happy, Dick. It's very gratifying for another artist to take, uh, choose one of your numbers, really. You know, the history books talk a lot about uh, your influence on modern-day rock artists. Who influenced Chuck Berry? Uh, we got Muddy Waters. Couldn't have made it without influence. Mm. Nat Cole. Uh, we have uh, even the... Uh, Beatles have uh, disturbed me a little bit in the late years. <laughs> yeah, That's what I we were talking about before. Yeah, I, I, I wondered, you know, because I sit here uh, now as a, as a disc jockey playing mm. the record and interviewing John Lennon as a, as a guest on the program, but uh, ten years ago, five years ago, three, four years ago, this would have been the most unlikely thing in the world to me, and I find it wonderful and ironic and very weird at the same time that it would happen this way. Well, I guess it, it, I understand your point because I was doing a radio thing on the phone with a, a radio station somewhere i don't know what i can't remember where it was and the guy was talking the same way you know so it was strange because he'd been 16 in the middle of all the beatlemania mm -hmm. and there i was on the phone mumbling you know and he he put it well he said it was like when he saw me on mike douglas show the way i was acting towards chuck berry because although i was there with chuck berry and i'd been sitting backstage with him i met him a few times over the years i still had that feeling that when i was 16 those are the records i listened to it what we call milk bars in England, the jukebox, and I could never quite see him as a human because there was one of my idols actually talking to me. And I, I understood when I, when I used to order, you know, a steak and something, and the, the waiter just didn't hear me because he was too busy looking at me saying, it talks, you know, it talks. So I, I understand it in a way because if I see any of those people from the, that period of my life when I was 16, I really don't know quite if I'm all there when I'm talking mm. to them, you know, it's a sort of effort to see, oh yeah, it's a human being, but it is Chuck Berry, isn't it? If you were to try and give rock and roll another name, you might call it Chuck Berry. In the 1950s, the whole generation worshipped his music, past and present, all come together, and the message is, hail, hail, rock and roll.
for rock and roll, you know, obvious is Chuck, Chuck Berry. You know, you want a bit of Chuck? I'll do my best. You know, you get that Chuck, Chuck thing, and uh, that was uh, probably. I think for rock and roll, and especially at the time, it was probably, you know, uh, everyone's, you know, the bulk of people's idols. You know, you, know, you would watch Chuck, I, when I would watch somebody like Chuck Berry or something, you know, he would always, uh, you know, especially if he was uh, singing, you know, he always had little raps that he had going with an audience, you know, he'd go, Olay, and the audience go, Olay, you know, and you go, Olay, and they go, Olay, you know, and he had all of that. You know, he'd just go like this and the audience would respond. Let me hear So I would try and do, I thought, well, with Chuck and do, maybe I can do it with the guitar. So I go, you know, and if the audience went, yeah, you, you know, and you sort of build it up. So you get like...
that we could really relate to and, and it, when he was singing about back in the USA and the hamburgers sizzling etc we'd only just about got hamburgers over here with wimpies and, and you just realized that there was another whole attitude to a hamburger and you could you could smell this sizzling you know <laughs> it was just he, he just painted these these pictures it was so lyrical and, and you could you just knew as a teenager that there was something really going on over there. Back in the USA by Chuck Berry as done by the modern lovers. One, two, one, two, three. Oh well, oh well, I feel real good today. You see, we just touched ground on an international runway. <laughs> Jet propelled back home to the USA. Los Angeles, you know that I yearn for you oh, yeah. And Detroit, Chicago, Chattanooga, Baton Rouge Oh, not to mention being home in Boston, Massachusetts I'll tell you something, now did I miss the skyscrapers and the long freeways From the coast of California to the shores of the Delaware Bay Oh, yes I did, until I got back in the USA Rock a while, let's go!
drive it to a corner cafe Where hamburger sizzle on an open griddle night at day I wanna see a jukebox jump with records in the USA Let's talk about it, you see, I'm so glad I was brought up in the USA Oh yeah, well I'm so glad I'm living in the USA It's true, what you want, gotta ride back in the USA
Chuck Berry, he just leapt out of the radio at me. <laughs> I had him, basically. I mean, I breathed him. He wasn't just food, he was the air I breathed uh, for many years when I was learning guitar and, and trying to figure out how you could be such an all-rounder, you know, to write them. Such a great voice, such a great player, and also such a great showman, you know, it was, like, it was all in one package. So basically, if, you know, if I listened to Chuck Berry, I was full for the day, and, you know. <laughs> It's a jumping in the record that I want my jockey to play. See, different Just hearing the words on their own, they get you going. Riding along in my automobile. His lyrics are so natural. 
You know, when he talks about no particular place to go, it's about a guy and a girl going for a ride. They want to go for a walk because the moon's out and he can't get the safety valve. The seatbelt gets stuck, so they have to drive on. So on his way, he's all aggravated and he still can't get, he can't get the safety belt to loose. And it's just a fun song about what could have happened to anybody and probably did happen to thousands of young American kids. Actually, Cliff, I think it's about sex. Nobody had ever written about 20th century life, about cars and about jet planes whizzing over freeways night and day. With no particular place to go. Along, I'm an automobile. My baby beside me at the wheel. I stole a kiss at the turn of a mile. My curiosity run a wild. Cruising and playing the radio. With no particular place to go. Riding along, I'm an automobile. I ain't to tell the way I feel. I told her softly and sincere. She leaned and whispered in my ear. Curling more and riding slow With no particular place to go place to go so we parked down by the Kokomo the night was young the moon was gold and we both decided to take a stroll can you imagine the way I felt I couldn't unfasten a safety belt riding along on my calaboose still trying to get that bell loose all the way home I held a grudge for a safety belt that wouldn't budge Curling more, riding slow With no particular place to go Place to go. So we parked down by the Kokomo. Another night was young, the moon was gold. And we both decided to take a stroll. Can you imagine the way I felt? I couldn't unfasten a safety belt. Riding along with my calaboose. Still trying to get that belt loose. All the way home, I held a grudge. For a safety belt that wouldn't burst. And playing the radio With no particular place to go
right in the middle of a heat uh, rock uh, portion of the show, stop and do a real deep, uh, soft song of poem with lots of uh, whatever that is that moves the soul in it, you know. And I uh, find it very effective. It's like flavor, you know. It's like uh, eating a hot bowl of chili and then reaching over and getting a spoon of ice cream. Of course, I'll wind up finishing a bowl of chili, you know. But I think, you know, variety is spicy like Variety causes uh, one to uh, want more and different as well. So uh, variety in one show is, is great, you know. What are some of those songs and poems? Uh, the Vagabond's House, uh, The King. Which I hear stands at one. Mm. Oh, good. <clears throat> Once in Persia reigned a king who upon his signet ring engraved a maxim true and wise which he held before his eyes gave him counsel at a glance that he lived by change or chance. What is this, the king would say, even this shall pass away. Trains of camels through the sand brought him gems from summer camp. Fleets of galleys through the sea brought him pearls to match with these. But he counted not his gain, nor his measure mine or main. What is wealth, the king would say, even this shall pass away. At the zenith of his court, in the midst of all his sport, when the palms of all his guests burn with clapping at his zest, he among his figs and wine would cry, O oh, loving friends of mine, pleasures come but not to stay, even this shall pass away. Lady fairest ever seen was his bride, he chose his queen. Pillowed on the marriage bed, whispering to his soul, he said, though a bridegroom never press dear bosom on his chest, mortal flesh must come to clay, even this shall pass away. Buena noche, pollo. 